Good job, Brother John. Hallelujah. Man, it's hard for me to get up here and sing now. I'm not going to sing, John. I'm just kidding. Uh, open your Bibles. You brought one to Matthew 2. Matthew chapter 2, verse 11. I'm not going to keep you guys too long tonight, but I am going to leave you with something that I hope you can apply to your daily life. I meet people every week, every month, every year, more and more people we meet. Do you just want to sometimes tell people to smarten up, to waken up, to wake up, smarten up? You're running out of time. Life is precious. It's a gift. If Scott's mom was here, if she had one more day, she'd probably say, listen, it's time to wake up, wisen up. Life is but a gift. The wise men, they knew that. God is telling you and I to be wise, to wake up. And what's our purpose here? And The wise men show us what our purpose was. You ever ask what your purpose is? You know, we think our purpose may be preaching or teaching or playing the drums or guitar, singing like John or building buildings or, or cleaning bathrooms. Your real sole purpose for being here, now listen, your sole purpose for being here was to worship our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That is the truth. And the wise men bring that to us tonight. They show us tonight. They bring that to us that, that nothing else is as important as worshiping the Lord. I've worshipped beer. I've worshipped money. I've worshipped rodeo. I've worshipped trucks and cars and possessions and homes. I've worshipped a lot of things in my life. But none of them has brought me joy like the joy I have today worshiping our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let me say this to you tonight in English. I worship the, just the fact that he walked on this earth, that he came for me. I worship that. I adore that. I, 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 there's not something inside of me that turns that off. That's always on. I believe if you're truly saved, that is always on. That is a big deal. Christmas, the birth, that's a great big deal. If you're truly saved, if you're sold out, that's a truly big deal that Jesus was here. He suffered. He went through the same things you and I went through. He wept. Anybody cried lately? He endured. Anybody had to endure something lately? And all he wants out of his children is to worship him. You know, in other countries, when they do church, they do it for weeks without leaving. They do service where they, they, they kneel down on their knees and they bow their head and they're there for hours. We get a little funny if it's 11.15. We get a little fidgety if it goes just a little bit longer. Then, then, then i got to get home. The voice is on. Some do. There's something you got, you know, I, I can't be here. The, 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 the Texans are playing. The Cowboys are playing. 
Right now, neither one of them are really playing. <laughs> yeah. But our sole purpose in life, Lita, was to worship the Lord. And nobody understood that like the wise men. And still today I see, hmm, I can talk here. I couldn't really talk today, so I'm checking my words. I see a lot of idiocy going. A lot of, a lot of people do some crazy, idiotic things. And they'll come to church and they'll, 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 they'll go through the motions, but they're really not worshiping God. They'll get a Bible and they'll read it, but they're really not worshiping God. They'll sing a Christian song, watch a Christian movie, and they'll feel something, but they're really not worshiping God. The wise men went to worship the Lord. We'll talk about that tonight. Matthew 2, verse, or where, where was he? 11, 2? Matthew 2, 11. I'm almost there. I want to worship the Lord. Day and night, morning, noon. They entered the house where the child and his mother Mary were, and they fell down before him and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasure chest and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But when it was time to leave, they went home another way because God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. We've all heard that story of the wise men who followed the star, set out to find Jesus. They were determined. The star took them to the location. They were prepared and they were planning for a journey. You see, I believe in my heart that they were seeking a Savior. I believe in my heart, folks, listen to me tonight. Wake up. I believe in my heart that they were seeking a Savior, that every day and every night they were seeking a Savior, and every night they went up and looked and said, Is this the day? It talks about that's what we're supposed to be doing too. It says in Revelations that we should be expecting the Lord's return. Every day looking, the wise men, they just didn't go out one night and saw the star. Every night they were looking for a Savior. See, I, I've learned not to just look for my Savior when I'm in trouble. <laughs> I've learned to look to Him for everything. I've learned to look to my Savior when me and Mary's having a good marriage and when it ain't so good. I've learned to look to my Savior when my money's good and when it ain't so good. The wise men understood that more than anybody. What a principle, Nolan, that we would worship God, that we would learn to worship God, that we would worship Him morning, noon, day, night, around the clock, anticipating great things to happen. When they arrived at the place where he was, Scripture says that they fell on their face and worshipped him. How many, how many would love to have been there that night? There's a video that I play sometimes at Christmas and play sometimes. And man, it's a powerful video. And it shows that, that they showed up in the barn, that the wise men showed I wish I had that tonight. I wish I would have been thinking. They showed up in the barn. And people were there, and, and, and the animals and everything. As soon as the wise men showed up and bowed down, everybody bowed down. You understood a king was born. That a king was born. Is he king of your life tonight? 
Really, is he? Or you just hope he saved you off your deathbed? I, I need to serve a God, a king that's going to help me right now as a father dealing with some kids, as a friend dealing with some friends, as a business owner dealing with some business. I need a king. I need a savior. The wise men, if we turned off the light tonight and it was full of stars in here, I bet they looked up every night and said, I'm waiting for a savior. This world is waiting on a savior and they don't even know it. If they knew, they'd anticipate it every day. If they knew what a Savior means, that this place tonight wouldn't be so empty. I, I look forward to Wednesday night church. That's my favorite church, to tell you the truth. I like this more than Sunday morning. I love it more than Sunday morning. Why? Because I ain't got to be so politically correct, and I ain't got to, well, I'm never really politically correct anyway. But uh, I, I can really teach you guys. They opened up their treasure bags and presented him with gifts. So many times in the scripture, I was thinking about this, so many times in the scriptures, people came to Jesus, but they wanted something. Here we see the three wise men show up. They didn't want nothing. They came and they bowed down before him. Penny, they came and they bowed down before him. When was the last time you really came to church and said, Lord, I am here to worship? I'm here to sing, I'm here to dance, I'm here to, 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 to just worship you, Lord. Man, is anybody getting anything of this tonight? If it ain't for you, I'll receive it myself. That I would just come into this place, that I would put my hand on that door, that I would pull it open, and that I would be ready to worship the Lord. You don't have to wait for the first note to be sung. When the words are up, I'm singing. I don't care if I'm off, I'm singing. Because when you sing from the heart, you're never off. So many times in the scriptures, people sought Jesus because they needed something. People traveled long distance to get their needs met. They ripped off roofs. They climbed trees. They pushed through clouds. They touched his robe. They went through great leaks to find healing and hope in him. And Jesus was glad to meet their needs. He was glad to meet people's needs. But here we see a valuable lesson this Wednesday night that they didn't have a need. They went to worship. Do you only pray when you need something? Do you only pray when life's hard? Do you only search him out in the scriptures when all hell's breaking loose? We need to worship our Lord and Savior. Well, man, we see story after story after story, Carrie, in the Bible of people coming to the Lord, and he healed them. He made the blind see. He stopped the water from uh, uh, rushing, and he walked on water, and he fed the 5,000. He, he loved that. But we learned the lesson tonight. The wise men didn't come because they wanted something. They were anticipating a Savior. They had been anticipating a Savior. And when they heard that he was born, they stopped what they were doing and went and worshipped him. God comes before my job. God comes before my family. God comes first. It's been that way since I've been saved. I can't understand it. I've been such a selfish person all my life. You ask my wife, I was a selfish, greedy person. 
angry and bitter and didn't care about anybody. But God has come first in these last 11 years, and it has felt good. It has felt good. She hadn't understand it always either. Why, why are you always up at the church? Why can't you get me in the boys sometimes? God first. It's just as important to give our family time. There's times I can't go here and I can't go there because God first, family second, and then everything else falls under grace. God's got to come first. I believe them wise men, they were out there, they were anticipating, and all of a sudden they, they, they saw what they were looking for and they packed it up and they moved. How many would pack up and move tonight if the Lord told you to pack up and move? That you loved him so much that you would just move, that you would just worship. You're shaking your head and you're raising your hand, but you don't even stand up when they're singing in church on Sunday morning. You don't come to the Bible studies. You don't even get out of bed early to go to Sunday school. We're going to really worship him in 2016 like the wise men did. Come on, somebody. That's worthy of praise. God requires more of us because he gave all of himself. God requires more of us. You can write that down. That's a great quote. God requires more of us because he gave all of himself. That's why he wants us to worship him. That's why it's important to worship him. I want to teach that to my boys, to worship Him, to love Him, to read the Bible. My oldest just put Him first in his life. He said, you know, I refuse to be a hypocrite. God is coming first. I refuse to be a hypocrite. God is coming first. The wise men knew that. So many times in the scripture, people sought out Jesus because they had a need and they traveled to meet their need, but, and he was honored to do that. But the thing about the wise men is the only reason they sought Jesus was to see him and worship him. Sometimes when nobody's here and you're not here and nobody's here, it's just me and him. Sometimes when you're here, and there's a thousand more just like him. We worship him. Carl, he drives me crazy, man, on that motorcycle. He drives all over the place on that motorcycle. He goes here and he goes there and he goes here. But if you've ever seen him, I, I tell him all the time, when are you going to bring your horse back around? Carl was a cowboy, and now he got a motorcycle, and he don't see rooster anymore. Oh, that boy just went from biker, cowboy to biker. I was always giving him a good hard time about that. But when you see Carl running all the I'll tell him, boy, you driving this cold? You driving when it's raining? You crazy, Carl. I'm a fair weather rider. I ride when the weather's fair. But Carl, man, he comes when it's cold, when it's raining, when it's sunshine, when it's dark. He's riding. But if you've ever seen him riding, he's worshiping the Lord. He's got that music flared up. Usually Eddie B or Jeremy Camp or somebody. And he's just worshiping. And then when he gets to a red light, only Carl could do this. He, he throws that radio up on sky high and he says, <laughs> if, you ain't, if you ever seen him do it, man, you understand what real worship is. Carl's not just worshiping when he's in church. 
He's worshiping when he's enjoying life. We go up to Kerrville sometimes. We go up to the cross at Kerrville. Beautiful place. I recommend everybody to get in a car and drive there tonight. It's beautiful. Prettiest place I've ever been. We got up there on top of that mountain, that 72-foot cross, and we worshiped God. And as we was worshiping God, a little cat came up beside me and just brushed itself up against my leg. I'll never forget that. I felt like I was in the presence of our maker. You know, when you worship him, you get in his presence. And the wise men knew that they had to pack it up and get in his presence, and they traveled a long distance away, and when they had arrived, when they had arrived, the first thing they did, Betty, was fell on their face. I think that's what's going to be heaven's going to be like. You're not going to have time to look around for this person and look around for that person and look around and see if old boy's there or, or family's there. I think the first thing, I think there'll be time for that. I believe there'll be time for that, but I believe the first thing We'll be able to bow down and worship our Lord and Savior. If it was tonight, can you picture me doing that? Mm. Mm. I'm ready. I'm ready when he's ready. Are you ready? If you're not so ready, it'll be a, probably a, a day you'll be wondering if you're getting in. You'd be wondering, uh-oh, did I really worship God down here? Or did I pretend? Did I really worship God or did I come because my mom and daddy came? Did I really worship God to get out of the court and go get out of jail and, and show my parole officer I was a good person? You, if you died tonight, you'd be questioning. I don't have to question that anymore. Some of y'all have got peace about that. Because your life is about worshiping the Lord. And the wise man teaches that. Today you have something to give Jesus. He's concerned about our worship, folks. He shows up. The glory comes in. The healing and the restoration take over. We never have to beg God for anything. We just have to worship. God's children never beg for nothing. I see people all the time begging. God's children never beg. Watch this. Pay attention. I'm going to teach you something. What I've learned in the ministry, truly God's children. They fall on hard times. Sometimes they need a little help. But they never beg. They never beg. They don't have to beg. Why? Because God is the provider. All of a sudden, a blessing will come out of there, and a blessing will come out of there. But you get somebody in the church, and they're always begging, they're always needing, you can rest assured they probably ain't got a good relationship with the Lord. Because it says in the Bible that he cares more about the bird, us than he does the birds, and the birds are fed every day. We never have to beg God for anything. He already knows our problems. He already knows our needs. What he wants is our worship. He wants us to show up strong and, and be ready to worship. Be like the wise man's today and bring a gift of worship to him. On coming to the house, they saw the child with the mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. They had opened up treasures and presented him with gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. One thing I've learned, my friend, is this. I'm going to teach you something again. 
Worshiping the Lord is not just with music. It's not even really about music. That's one way to worship the Lord. But you know, I know people that won't even go to our church because they don't like the way we do music. I can't really get my worship on. I got my worship on when all I had was Don Horner. And I love Don Horner with all my heart. I got my worship on when it's just Mary and Don Horner and Jan. I got my worship on. I don't need some big fancy band to get my worship on. I got my worship on because I was here to worship God. That's why I got my worship on. I, I don't come to, to worship the band. I come to worship the Lord. I don't come because this guy's a good singer or she's a good singer. I don't come because the lights are all fancy. And all those things are great. And there's some big productions. Todd Jordan told me one time, said, you want to hear the gates of heaven open up and a choir sing, go to Mims. They got that. That's probably the closest to heaven you'll ever hear. And he ain't, he's telling you the truth. They got a wonderful choir. But I promise you, I wouldn't go for the men and women in that choir. I'd go to worship the Lord. You know, and I, and I, I want to I tell you tonight, listen to me. Worship through music is only a small portion of true biblical worship. Worship is a process of surrendering your entire life into God's hands. Everything you can and should be an act of worship. God designed us to worship Him with our whole lives, and there are actually spiritual habits that you and I can get into that will help us worship God on a deeper level. Here's some habits that I've developed. Write them down if you're taking notes. I worship the Lord through prayer. How many just slipped off in a prayer and just started worshiping? How many just been praying and just start realizing how really good and awesome he is and then just started worshiping him? Has that ever happened to any of y'all? That you just started praying and it was just your morning prayer and you just had to get it out of the way and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit said, I'm here and bam, you're like, wow. And you're in a time of worship and you look up and you're late for meetings and appointments, but you don't really care because you just had an awesome experience in your prayer life. So more than music in your prayer life, I've learned that you can worship the Lord. I was talking to him about Brother Vic's truck this morning. I said, Lord, thank you so much for bringing that truck back and it just being about nearly perfect as it was when it left. And you know what he said to me? He said, do you expect anything less? And I just broke out in my happy dance because I don't think or expect anything less. But we do when our flesh and our worry and our things kick in. But through prayer, we can learn to worship him. Do you expect anything less? Ain't God so good? We should expect the best. When you really learn to worship him, those big, big, major problems are really not big, big, major problems because God's God already worked out on our behalf in the first place. Another way you can worship him, I'm just going to run through these real quick and let you go, is get in the habit of reading your Bible. The Bible says that we worship God in spirit and in truth. If you don't read your Bible, you don't know the truth. If you don't bring a Bible to church and you don't check what I'm telling you, you're a fool. You're a fool. 
Just telling you. I would never go to church. I would never go to church. Say that with me. I would never go to church and not have a Bible and check what the preacher was saying. I would make sure I knew that he was coming out of the Bible. Now, now the, the points, the, 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 the show, the, not the show, but the points, uh, well, the show, whatever, you know, all those things are good. But when he got to talking about what he was talking about, I'd have to know it came out of there. That's why reading your Bible is a stage of worship because the truth is in the Word of God. Not a form of opinion. I'm not giving you an opinion that we should all worship Him. I'm telling you what the Bible says, what the wise men did, and how important it was for us to follow those and worship our Lord and say that bow down. What would you do tonight if I laid this Half of you would have an excuse how you can't get back up. The other half would have an excuse how they don't feel good. The others would have an excuse about how they got to get their kids and get on. But what if the Lord was standing here? And he said, I want you to worship me right now. You wouldn't worry about that time or that hand or any of that stuff or where those kids were because he has it all. I've learned in truth in the Bible that he's always there. I thank God that I can worship him when I'm reading my Bible. I've never, listen to me, anybody ever opened up the Bible and started in Genesis and read it all the way to the end? I've never done that. I've never done that. But I have repeated scripture after scripture, word after word, chapter after chapter, back and forth from Genesis to Revelation. I have covered it multiple times. But boy, when I'm needing the word, when I'm needing that Jeremiah 29, 11, that I know my God has a plan for me, plan to prosper me and not to fail me, plans for a, a future and a hope. When I read that again, Woo! my happy dance breaks out. Y'all jumped and stuff. My happy dance just breaks out. I get all tickled about it. I get excited. When you read your favorite scripture again, do you get excited? When I'm plowing through, and I mean when I'm plowing through, and when people are shunning me and people are disrespecting me, and I'm plowing through, and there's not enough money for this, or there's not enough money, and I'm plowing through, and there's people talking about my kids and my family. When I'm plowing through, and I'm plowing, and that old scripture that's my favorite comes to mind, and I go get in my Bible, and I look it up, and it says a man that puts his hands on the plow and takes a look back is not worthy of the kingdom of heaven. I break out my happy dance, Jack. Because I'm not going backwards. So you can worship him. Pay attention. You can worship him in prayer. And you can get in a state of worship finding the truth in the Bible. Rick Warren says this. This is amazing. Rick Warren said this. says you can worship God by obeying him. Ha-ha. <laughs> That's good stuff. You just obey God. You won't have the police looking for you anymore. That's enough to celebrate some of y'all outlaws. I probably have the only church in the world that people understand. When the cops pull up, your eyes get real wide. Make sure that seatbelt's click. You got kids in the back. Put the seatbelt on. Put the seatbelt on. But when you're obeying God and you're obeying the law, you don't have to worry if they're behind you or not. 
You don't have to worry about that because he's already forgiven you of your past. There's some of y'all here that got that. There's some of you here that are acting like you're tougher than that, but you're probably the worst one at being a paranoid schizophrenic when the cops show up. We're a creature of habit. We break so many rules. Lita called me a rule breaker today. She said, uh, she said I got all these rules brought out for Pastor Mark, but uh, I know that he's going to X out all these rules. We were talking about putting together a deal, and she said, here's the rules. Got to check with these county. Got to check with the state. Got to get a permit over here. And she told her friend, she said, I got everything ready for him to look at, but he's probably going to X all that out, and we're just going to go and start making the tent. <laughs> Does she know me or not? When you obey God and you do it his way, that's enough to worship with that. I'm excited today that I don't have to look over my shoulder. That I don't have to worry about anything or anybody. I still got a problem sitting with my back to the door from years living wrong. But I'm getting better at that too. If I'm somewhere with somebody that I really know and trust and love and that they're watching out for me and I'm always watching out for them, I'll sit anywhere. My wife has been trained to not sit unless my back is not facing that door. But, honey, I've gotten better about that, huh? It don't bother me so much anymore. Why? Because I'm replacing my old habits with my new habits. Here's another thing. Listen, obey God. In the purpose-driven life, if you obey God, Rick Warren said this, we all need to build the habit of obedience in our life, take practical steps to do everything right. Whenever you sense God speaking to you that that's not right, immediately start obeying God. Anytime God speaks to you and you know that it is Him saying that is not right, don't do that, then immediately obey Him. And later on, when everybody else is going to prison, and you're not, you'll be worshiping him. I'm so glad I didn't get in that car. I'm so glad I didn't go back in that back room. I'm so glad I didn't go over there and do that. I got a cousin, man. His wife was cheating on him. Friend came by and said, let's go rough this guy up. That guy lied to my cousin. They went over there, and they were just going to rough him up, my cousin thought. The guy got out of the car and pulled out a gun and killed the guy. My cousin's in prison today for the rest of his life. If he'd obeyed God and God said, don't get in that car. I remember one time I was a kid. My friend came by to pick me up. He had a hot rod Ford pickup. Wanted to take me for a ride. And went and asked my stepdad if I could go for a ride. And he said no. And I threw a wild-eyed fit. I was going to go anyway, but I, I just didn't. And uh, it wasn't because I didn't want to, and I can't blame it on the Holy Spirit because I'm not sure that I understood any of that. But I didn't go that day. My dad told me I couldn't go. I obeyed him. I didn't like it. I, sometimes you got to obey your parents even though you don't like it because they know. My friend went up the street in that hot rod Ford, went to race another car, went around the corner, hit a tree on my side, and the motor was sitting where I'd have been sitting, and I wouldn't be here tonight. Obeying God pays off. Obeying your parents. Obeying the law. Another way you can worship the Lord is by sharing your faith. How many have ever shared their faith and testimony? 
He got excited. Huh? He got excited. It's exciting to share your testimony. You're almost like doing it like this. Yeah. You ain't going to believe what my Lord did. Should have been there. I should be dead. God said, you get into it. When you share your testimony, it gives you the opportunity to worship. Worship's more than music. The wise men knew that. That's why they had to go and bow down. Why they go and bow down? That's why the Bible says, be ready to give a testimony. That's why the Bible says, be ready to give your testimony. You don't have to write your testimony down. You ought to know your testimony, and you ought to be able to worship the Lord to it. Oh, yeah, I come from hell, but I'm headed to heaven. <laughs> I was bound for hell. I was chained up to them drugs. I was chained up to that life, but God set me free. You ought to know it. You ought to tell it. You ought to share it. Some of y'all were looking at a lot of years, and God let you off. Some of y'all, by the grace of God, you got somebody in your life that loves you. And it ain't because you deserve it. You've done some horrible things. But by the grace of God, you got somebody in your life that loves you. And that's a story to tell, and you ought to share it with the world. Another way I worship the Lord, and I know some of you do too, is by serving others. Who gets great joy out of serving others? We were talking today about this year they couldn't do a dinner for the homeless because there wasn't enough volunteers. I said, oh, yeah, I understand that. I almost didn't have enough volunteers to do my Miracle of Christmas play until I threatened to shut the church down. But it really wasn't a threat. It was a truth. I want to serve these people. I want to be here. I want to see them grow. I want to see them love God. I want to see their families get saved. I want to see grandma and grandpa get delivered. They've never been to church. They're setting their ways. All of a sudden, they come to this Christmas play we got, our candlelight service. They light the candle, and God lights up their life, and it's because we're serving that's making a major difference. You don't know this. I'm going to share you something. Some of y'all walked in here and somebody nudged me and said they're here like a year ago, two years ago when you really showed up for the first time. People was praying you here and then, then you showed up. They showed up or they run up here to me and said, Pastor, she's here. She's here. I said, who here? The one I've been telling you about. The devil. <laughs> the devil, she's here. <laughs> so many times people come up and say, my husband's here today, Pastor. My wife's here today, Pastor. My friend's here today, Pastor. And man, I ask God, just go to work. Because all I'm doing is serving. I'm serving out the message he wants me to preach. And we serve in the community. The day after Christmas, we're going to have a big bull riding and serve these bull riders. Serve them and love them. Hope to God one of them gets saved. Just one. It'll be worth it all. Just one gets saved. One person gets saved. We don't need big numbers. We need one person. Because one person will tell two people, and two people will tell three, and three people will tell the world. Another way I've learned to worship him, and I'm done, is just be having a great attitude, being thankful in all things. 
That is something I really want God to do in all of our lives, to keep us in that frame of mind. When we own a car ain't going, when somebody hurts us, when somebody takes from us, when somebody tries to destroy us, when somebody's talking about us or somebody's rude to us, let's just be thankful that we're alive. Just become, how many are really thankful tonight you're alive? You could be dead. I'm thankful tonight, so why should I let any of that pittiness bother me? But I do. Why should I let that worldly stuff take over? But I do. I want to worship him in a thankfulness attitude that no matter what comes up, he's going to take care of me. I told that group today, I told that group today, I said, I am standing in the presence of amazing because there's wisdom in this room. There's knowledge in this room. There's people who've been through stuff that this world couldn't even handle today. There was a World War II veteran there today. He was 96 years old. His kids won't have nothing to do with him. His, his family won't have nothing to do with him. A, a church member picks him up, bathes him, clothes him, takes him, takes him to church. He loves going to church. And he was telling me, I want you to come over here and meet this guy. And so I went over there. He said, he can't hear you. you got to speak up. I said, I don't have no problem speaking up. And uh, when he turned around and smiled at me, I almost buckled. He said, the next thing I knew, it was the Lord. and Because I, I had wrote this message before I went. I knew it was the Lord because he said, Cowboy, thank you for being here. I'm thankful to be here. This Christmas. And he was smiling. I'm thankful to be here this Christmas. Are you thankful tonight? Let's learn to worship him. Let's worship him all we do. Let's get sold out. Let's really make a big difference in 2016 together. Together. I don't think it's any fun by myself. It's better together. Let's stand tonight and close in prayer. You were designed for God's pleasure. The purpose of worship is the foundation and the purpose for our being. Fellowship without the spirit of worship is just hanging out. Hey, listen. Fellowship without worship is just hanging out. I don't want to just hang out anymore. I want to worship the Lord. How about you? I want to just hang out with y'all. Y'all are awesome and amazing. I want to worship with you in front of a holy God, a God who died for us and who reigns for us and who is one day going to come back and get us. And I am ready for that day. If it's tonight, it's tonight. And I'm ready to worship him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you tonight. Ministry without worship is called spinning your wheels. Evangelist without worship is, is just a sales pitch. Discipleship without worship is nothing but knowing more than what you can explain. Lord, we come tonight. We come as a church. We come as a church to get wiser and to learn from these three wise men who traveled a long distance 
bowed down before you and showed us our position. My position is to worship you, Lord. Your position tonight is to worship the Lord because he is holy. He became flesh. He became sin. He became the Savior for you and for me. And if that don't want to make you bow down, something's wrong with you. Lord, teach us this year to worship you in all that we do. In your precious son, Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Somebody give God a praise. Amen.